Welcome everyone to the Dynamo Abroad podcast where we talk about everything and anything Dynamo Kiev related. I'm your host Alex Lishik and with us finally back across the pond is Dima. How's it going Dima? Yeah, doing well. Uh, back in Ukraine. Uh, it's been a, was a, a few stories uh, getting here but that's uh, for another time. But yeah, I'm doing well. Looking forward to this one. By, by a few stories, you mean because it's potato picking season over there? You can say that and you can say they're making me do an unnecessary test, which I just did the day before, but same thing. It's some high-level Ukrainian efficiency right there. <laughs> uh, and that laugh you hear in the background is our guest for today. Uh, unfortunately, Eric could not be on, but we have a fantastic guest from the biggest club of Milan, uh, it's Alex Dono. How's it going, Alex? I, I can see you throwing in some banter. That I appreciate it. I'm so glad to be on with you guys. You, you both seem like a lot of fun, so I'm really happy to spend some time. And I hope you guys are doing as well as I am. Yeah, no, we're doing great. And uh, I just want, before we get started, just want to say uh, thanks for coming on. And um, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into Oh, sure. Game? Yeah, th- thank you so much. I, I'm, I've been a, a passionate football fan, specifically a passionate Inter fan, going back since the early 90s, since I was a child. My father uh, is from Milano, so he got me into it. But uh, I, I've lived uh, my entire life over in Miami, Florida, in the United States. And I, I do uh, some broadcasting work covering some of the local teams, talking a lot of American sports. I do a stream uh, every day talking about mostly the Miami Dolphins and the Miami Heat. But I also uh, have a platform where we talk city. Uh, it's called the Calcio Connection. My co-host, Jerry Mancini, is a big Lazio supporter. I'm a big Interista, of course. And we bring on, you know, media members and fans from all the clubs around the league. And we stream once or twice a week talking City A. Uh, so I'm able to get my football fix and my City A uh, fix through that outlet. Yeah, uh, that sounds awesome. And uh, so Dolphins going 17-0 and 0 this year, right? Yes, exactly. And, and thank you for remembering they have the extra regular season game this year. So, of yeah. course, 17-0, oh, yeah. and, and then they'll win another three games, including a Super Bowl. They'll, they'll have the, uh, the second perfect season in NFL history. The Dolphins will have both of them, of course. Uh, Tua for MVP. I'm going to put that out there right now. I <laughs> love it. Yeah. Um, so, unfortunately, we're not going to be talking about the Dolphins too much. So, now we're going to move on to the latest news section. And we're going to start off with some really good news. Uh, Dinamo Superfan. Uh, Paramon is back supporting the team after the operation. So that's always nice to hear. Um, our favorite uh, overlapping fullback center back who absolutely abused Barcelona at the Camp Nou last year. Uh, Artem Shaban of Carlos, excuse me, Shaban of, not Shaban of Carlos. Uh, he'll be at Dinamo. So expect more overlaps and whatever else he does. I don't know what he does. Um Ramirez he does, called it. He does, he does screwed up slide tackles that just play neither the ball or the other player's foot. Yeah. So he just slides into thin air. You know what? I never got that transfer from the beginning. Like, where do, did we sign? Like, look at the list of teams and, we played for. And I, you I, know, I, he, he's on crazy wages. He's on, he's on some massive because no one wants to buy him because of his wages. Uh, it's like, like no, no loan's been agreed, no transfer has been agreed, and it's because everyone's saying, "Well, his wage is just too high." What kind is, of a transfer was that? This is what I'm saying. Like what I think with honest, we'll get more into this when we talk about Ingolets. But when most of the Dynamo squad, I'd rather take a two or three year hit in offloading these players and paying out the rest of their contracts and use the academy for another year or two, than have and then keep some of these bums around. Honestly. Um. Also, some good news real quick. Uh, Desiadin doesn't need an operation. 
Uh, so we wish him the best in his recovery. And uh, Dima, you wanted to talk about this uh, Guillermo Samso, the Dinamo Academy director, who I didn't even know existed until you put it on the doc. Um, yeah, what well, can you tell me about that? Uh, yeah, so basically he's he's the he was the academy director, as you said, uh, from uh, I believe he's Argentina. He has terrible attri uh, attributes on a football manager, but that's Clearly. not really the problem. Clearly very important. Yeah, but no, listen, I, the thing actually, about Samson wait, was... Wait, real quick, before you go on, what are those attributes, by the way, just out of curiosity? Oh, it was something like, oh, what was it? It was something like judging player potential, um, judging mm. players' um, current attributes and uh, working with youngsters. And he was, his was just terrible. So uh, I'm oh, sorry, right. but I did oh, sack yeah. him pretty yeah. soon on yeah. every Dynamo save I did. But yeah, no, that, Guillermo in real life, I think that he, he's a bit hard done because like, he's a professional of what, of what he does. And he's the only professional um, in that team. You know, you have I'd, you have players like people like Maroz. You have, uh, don't even listen, I'll have to, I'll have to remember, try and remember his name. Um, probably the worst one out of them all in the academy. But we're sacking the professionals uh, in the in the academy and not the just absolute PET. Here we go. Here we go, Alexander Ishenko, the the under seventeen manager. And you know what the problem with these guys is? They're not teaching us. They're not teaching our youngsters to play football. They, there's no pressing. There's no intensity. There's no passing combination. And that's what where it comes from. You know, we're con we're complaining about the quality of the of the Ukrainian players. How oh, they can't? They're, they're not creative enough. They're not. You know, they can't press. They can't. They're not. You know, they're not technical enough. Well, this all comes from the youth. And it's because of these PE teachers. Like e like Ishinka, it's like Maroz and so on and so forth. It's the exact same, and it all comes from the youth. Ah, yeah, but, I could but, go on for days. But actually, real quick, you know who isn't the worst coach? Just because they Dinamo usually do pretty good, at least in the uh, UEFA Youth League, is Kostyuk. He's not terrible. He's not terrible, but it's, listen, yeah. do you know? I think he's the one that I mind the least. But people like Maroz. Asian kind of low, even lower and over. It's just Sorkis's friends from the player days who have no business. And, and listen, coaching I'm not, the Dynamo teams. And, and I'm not. We're not going to get into the the faults of the Dynamo academy. But listen, at six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, the kids should just be playing. Really, it shouldn't get yeah, very. Fair it, enough. It, it shouldn't get really heavily tactical to probably what 13, 14. I would probably say around fourteen to eighteen is probably the crucial years. Like those. But under seventeen, uh, under seventeen yeah. level, we have zero pressing, zero tactics, zero combination play, nothing, absolutely yeah. nothing, and we're sacking the actual professionals. Yeah, and so like that's why I feel like it's definitely around let's say the U fourteen, U fifteen side where you should start to see let's say whatever style of play to not have that's where you start to see that style yeah like, the hit and run the hit the ball yeah. forward and run with the ball style yeah. of play. And, that's what we have and this is my my biggest criticism and it's like when you build a house you don't start with the roof you start with the foundation if the foundation is weak then everything else is going to be weak so that's my biggest criticism why i don't like what's going on in the academy because it's what, what you see in the is going on with the first team that's exactly what's going on with the academy because how many of these kids are getting a proper footballing education well, the ones who don't come from our academy, that's true. I mean, there are exceptions yeah. like Zabarni. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, there I'm are, sure, there, yeah. there are. But the thing is, the thing is, we have got the perfect academy for making players for these 
village club is like Colos. You just smash the ball forward and run with it. We are making, yeah. but you couldn't ask for. We would be the perfect. We're just, we're just mass producing players for for these teams that just play no real style of football. Well, but well, for well, us, not good enough. Well, Our it, academy well, is good at producing the players, but we're not good at teaching them, and that's well, the problem. Well, isn't that well? Isn't it ironic that whenever Dinamo plays poor, when played poorly pre Luchesco, and even as Luchesco's on the sideline right now against these village clubs who don't know anything better, just to lump it forward and hope for the best. Listen, it, no, no disrespect, that, no disrespect to Colos, although they embarrassed our, our country no. uh, in in the Europe. So maybe <laughs> disrespect intended. Yeah, maybe, maybe after actually, all, yeah. Actually, no, they they sacked Sellers, you know, so we'll take away the dis- well, we'll give them oh, some yeah. respect. Yeah, yeah, that's something. Yeah, no, but like that—that's my problem. Is that like, it's no wonder when that's the type of football we play that these village clubs who we should be blowing out of the water can hang with us sometimes. Not saying they win or draw every time, but like we'll get to later. Should Dinamo really be drawing one one in Bullets? Well, we're, we're going to get onto that, aren't we? Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you what, the answer is not yes. They should they should not be drawing with Bullets. Um, so yeah, no on, circumstances. Nope. Uh, move on to the transfer news. Uh, Dinamo have been offered 750k for a loan for Supriyaha with an option to buy for 7.2 million. Udinese are also interested. Surkis, just let the kid go already. Like, like, yeah, like, uh, like, sorry, not... just, just, just one, just what do you know what the, what the key, the key thing to bear in mind about this uh transfer is? Oh, can I maybe is it, is it the other party? Is it Supriyaha's agent? I don't. Don't know who it could be the key person in this deal. Well, yes. Do you know what the previous offer was? What? One and a half million and nine million for the uh, potential release clause. So this is a, this is so we're negotiating backwards, basically. Yeah. Bravo, Surkis. Bravo. Yeah. Uh, as they would say in Poland at the festivals, Yelki Bravo, big like big time Bravo. Like, can we just <laughs> let the kid go already? Like, it's not I mean, working. He, listen. And like, Listen, I don't, he's not even getting into the squad. Yeah. What is the what is the what is the point? Wait, did you say he's injured anyway right now? He could well be injured, but it's pretty clear the managers and well, we've got Denise Garmash playing striker for God's sake. No, like this is why I don't get right. Like, I I don't think he wants to be here. I couldn't blame him for not wanting to be here. Like, who would want to be at a place they play like shit at? No, he doesn't want to be here. We don't need him here. What benefit like, is that to any party? Like, like listen, Pat. Like, this is what I say. Like, listen. You're playing like crap, and he probably realizes that. You don't want to be here. I don't blame you for not wanting to be here. To be fair, even Petrakov said from the beginning it wasn't going to work out here, which this, you could argue this transfer should never have happened from the beginning. So, what, no, why didn't he, he just an overrated kid from the third division of Ukrainian yeah. football? Yeah, if, <laughs> well, if we're and, being honest. And, and what is the best thing he did? Score a hat trick against us. Um, Score a hat trick, yeah, against us. Yeah, so I, I, this should be the easiest deal to complete. A, a kid with low risk, high reward, 21 years old, you can mold him into anything, should be the easiest deal for any team. Doesn't have any obvious, like, bad off-field incidents or behavior that we know about. So I, I don't get I don't get what's the holdup. Oh, wait, no, I do get the holdup. It's fucking Surkis. That's all it is. Um, what else? What else we got? Uh, so we'll move on to some other transfer news. Olympia owed Dinamo $5 million for Gonzalez. No point in them giving us that money because I'll just go to some new Bentleys or Rolls Royces, whatever Surkis wants to buy for himself. You'll probably, no, you'll probably use that money to buy, uh, let's think, one one more Kadiri, one more Carbo Jr. 
How about he just gives us like the, the podcast that money and we like we do content for Danawa? I think that's you know a good deal. That's it a would be an upgrade of whatever they the so-called content they do now, where everything looks like it's made of Microsoft Paint. Now, real talk, Dirlis Gonzalez would probably get into our team. He wasn't the he like what year did he come? 2015? 2015 after Lens post, left. Post 2017, like 2015 to 2017. Oh, yeah, that, that was just paid. That was just paid for watching him play. Well, one thing I'll be one one that one game against Porto where he looked world class against Casillas as well. Or you know my favorite? Did he play? Oh yeah, he did play against the Besiktas in the six 0 He played well for the first half of that one. I remember because we were all over Besiktas that game. Yeah. Well, Jerlis, um, Jerlis, as opposed to Depena and Gerson, came with a reputation, didn't he? No disrespect, because Depena did do okay for us. Gerson's had his moments, but you know, Jerlis, he's kind of a big name ish. He's a big talent. We spent, time, nine, we spent, we spent nine million. Yeah, he's paying, he's paying a good million for him. Listen, five million. If we get five million, that doesn't really hurt, does it? But yeah. Oh. Um. Yeah, no, actually, here's you're saying Jesh did come with a reputation. Listen, his reputation was playing like Ronaldinho scoring an own goal against Ukraine. That was his reputation. <sighs> I still I still don't get that transfer, even today. Like, listen, he does a nice job at times, which at times does not mean yeah, we didn't need we didn't need a winger at the time, did we? No. Well, we signed him and we started playing center forward, which he, he's in his position. No. And he didn't play well. No. Um he didn't even play center forward. In, listen, I digress. Less, less, less of that, as you would say. <laughs> um, Dinamo and uh, Nipro didn't couldn't agree on a fee for Dovbik. Um, oh, listen, no. listen, fair, listen, fair play to Dovbik for having a good season. Maybe if we didn't bring in one of Shkurin or Ramirez, I'd be half interested. But I think even you said it, Diman, or WhatsApp group, that they'd probably ask for some stupid high fee anyway. And we'd probably just ruin his career anyway. At, you know what? Probably, in fairness. So, fair. Just, just stick away at some. It's gonna be fair. Um, last two deals. Uh, Ceska Moscow interested in Kionzora. It looks like to Scott are our new transfer buddies as of late. Um, we'll take. Yeah, some I just sorry, just sorry. Some, some, uh, some something to do with that. We're kind of in good relations with them because of the scoring deal. Because we yeah. got managed to get over the line. All right, hold on. I'm gonna. How about they could send us a couple other players? They could send us maybe Nikola Vlasic is not a bad shout. Um, oh, yes, please. I can draw a Vlasic uh, swap deal. Yeah. Uh, how, how, hold on. Let me let's see. Let me just take a look at the Tesca roster. Um, and they could take a few players as well. So how about uh, this is what I'm thinking. We'll give them. Who? Right, who? Who would you give away? Where do I start? Half the team. Probably um, more. How about this? All the lone players. I'll take, I'll I'll take, uh, I'll take Chalov and Vlasic, and we'll give them about forty-seven players. I think that's fair. Sounds good to me. Yeah. So uh, if we get okay, Surkis, you know, hit us up. We'll get that deal over the line for you. No problem. Um, and Olympia, oh, did 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 Michalik play for Tzeska? No, he played for Lokomotiv. Oh, did um, what's his name? Did Jeromenko play for Tsetska? Yes. There we go. Oh, that's the one I was thinking of. Um, well, at least it, uh, at least it's not Spartak. That's all I'm gonna say. Um, yeah. And Saler, how do I say this? Salernitana, Excuse me if I pronounce that incorrectly. Uh, or interested, Gerson Dima 
you wanted to give your thoughts on both of these players potentially leaving, go, go ahead, go for it. Off you go, both of you. Goodbye. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Sorry, not good enough. These two players, they've had their moments. I Gendora kind of fooled me a little bit with his purple patch at the start of this year. For all reasons, this guy's really playing well. He's defending well, he's crossing well. Nope, none of that. Everything gets past him. In that intergame, everyone, everything and everyone, literally everything, every cross, every player, every ball getting right past him. We might as well have not even fielded a right back. Seriously. And, and this is what I don't get. I think he's a good player. Like, listen, he, you can't be shit to get into the Poland side, which is a good side internationally. You know, they, there's some very good players in that team. And especially they have some decent depth at right back. So he, he, I don't think he's shit, but just talk about it. You know, isn't this a funny theme? Good players under a good manager who played good under poor managers play like shit under. Did he good play manager. good under? Did he? I mean, last season, was he good? No, 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 no. This is what I'm saying, though. It, it, this is, isn't this a funny trend? Players who are good under shit managers are bad under good ma- a good manager. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't know. Oh, I mean, the Mikhail Chenka season. I mean, did he, was he even good then? I don't think he was. I'm, anyway, I mean, listen. Compa- comparatively. Listen probably, compared to some of the others. The thing I like about him is his leadership on the pitch. He doesn't really seem like he wants to be here at the moment, maybe. You know, maybe. What Pl- playing like he has something else on the mind. That's how I put it. Not necessarily that he wants to be here or not, but just playing like he's little, playing and, distracted, I would say. And you know what? I'm not going to say these players are completely useless and they have nothing, you know. They have no positives because Gerson, he always he does try, but there's, there's just nothing there. He's always like I saw a tweet today saying, you know, Jerson always sometimes looks like the only man he wants to play on the pitch. Well, the skill level doesn't match up to that desire level. It just doesn't. There's just nothing there. And can you know, the thing about these two players is they're foreign, of course. If a player is foreign, surely they have to be leaps and bounds better than their Ukrainian competitors. Are absolutely, completely better. Is Kinjora? For you, is he better, miles and miles better than Dimchik? Is he? Here's the thing. I would say this. I would ra- this, and this is going to what I was talking about earlier about the academy. I would rather play Skorko and Nazari Voloshin or even Artem Tsarenko over Gerson and Kanzora. Because <sighs> they can't do that much worse. Surely. Because not. these players, these foreign players, they're not much, they're not much better than the Ukraine. They might be a bit better, but they're not, they're not better. No. By that and, much to just to to to, to, um, to justify their wage, which is much higher, by the way, than their Ukrainian counterparts. Yeah, and considering also there's a foreign player limit, we need to make sure every foreigner either a is a top level international player or b has that potential to become that player. Yep, spot and, on. And every single okay. And is any of every every foreigner for me, every foreign player in the league has to be either a nailed-on starter, which is miles better than his Ukrainian counterpart, and there's a reason he's in the team, or like you said, he has the potential to become that player. Yeah. Nothing. We don't need players that are just bang average or below average. Yeah. We're just I, taking up the foreign space. We don't need that. I don't like, see the point. Like Ramirez, I think has the, is more in the potential category. Ramirez, Ramirez, I'll, I'll give the benefit of that. Part, yeah. Partly because I don't see, I, I do think he's our best striker, but yeah. no, dude, he's got much chance there. Yeah. Anyway. And then like and like Shkurin, he scored three times in three games or in like four games, and they don't get. I would at least want to see him in the league game before I get too opinionated on him. But like players like Depena, Gerson, um, Keonzora, 
they're just not they're not better but they might be a little bit better but they're not miles and miles better Here, than here's my counterparts, which is which is what they should be let's think real quick back look thinking back to 2013-14 would Gerson de Pena or Kionzora get any of the top four or five sides in Ukraine including like Chornomorets Dipro Metalist I don't think they would well let's see we Kionzora had Danilo, we had Danilo Silva Shakhtar had Serna Metalist had uh, what was Milagra Yes, him. Was I think I think I think I think I think still he's better than the Italian guy. And Dnipro had Fidetsky. But I don't think Kinjora gets into those teams. No. He would he maybe and then come on, like Depena, Cherson, would they get into would they replace Jeremy Lenz, Konoplyanka, Alex Teixeira? Would they replace any of those guys? Absolutely not. I mean, I don't even think they'd get into it. I mean, Dudu was like a walking joke. I don't think they're even better than Dudu. I'm yeah. real talk. I'd, I'd take Dudu back, by the way, for the record. Would, would Turned they... out to be quite a decent player, hasn't he? Oh, no, he has. Fair play to him. Like I, And this is my problem. It's like there's almost no standard to what standard or thought to what we're doing. You know what I mean? Like, oh, there, there's a player available. We have to get him because we need a player, and that's the end of it. Yeah. Hashtag Dennis Antu signing. Um, well, yeah, sorry. Has he even... How many times has he even been in the squad? Once. Maybe twice. And, uh, do you remember Do you remember what I said? Do you remember what I said on the podcast after he was signed? Do you remember what I said? I said, could that 150 or so K, could that not have been spent on anything more useful? No. And, well, there you go. And... and I'm just going to uh, say this because we're pretty much saying what we were going to talk about anyway. Uh, Denawa drew 1-1 against Ingolets. We were not too bothered about talking about the game and what happened because we were really going to discuss this and how absolutely shambolic the squad overall is. Fair play to the guys for doing the title last year, but Dima, in a one-off, 2013-14 reserves against this squad, surely the, the reserve squad from 13 They're going to win. They're going to they, win. Position they, by position. They're going to win, aren't they? I mean, centre-back aside, they're not... I don't think they, they impressed me that much, that 13-14 squad. I think, I don't, I don't, in fact, I don't think we even had um, a bit many backups. But listen, the backup 13-14 squad, Koval in goal, Vida right-back, Selin as the left-back, Sidorchuk and Vukovic in midfield, Admir Mechabidi attacking midfielder, Gusev on, on the left, Brownie there. That team is better. In all positions. Well, actually, maybe Selim. Actually, do you know what? Selim was all right at, at his Vorskul days. But, I mean, Sidorchuk on nailed on started today. A squad player back then. Colin, he, Colin, he, well, Colin Benson, he's a, you know. even Colin, Colin Benson oh, was wow. bad when he came oh, off yeah. the edge. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, he, was a, he did all right, yeah. Uh, who would you, who would you think at left-back right now out of these three? Makarenko, Sid Clay, or uh, Mikolenko? Okay, fine. I would take Mikolenko, but... I think I would take Makarovko. <sighs> yeah, he wasn't the worst, was he? He wasn't... No. He just... He just randomly... We, we, we signed a big play in Tim Mulinas and this random guy, Makarovko, starts playing left. Like, what the hell is going on? He's played well. To be um, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, this squad is... And listen, I, I'm not. And I, when we had Adam on, he had said that Dinamo had kind of agreed to go to more of like an academy-based side. I think is he or he said something along that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and I have absolute. I think listen, 
I think if you talk to any serious Dynamo uh, supporter, player, executive, I think everyone would love 11 uh, every week, a whole starting 11 with bench from at least. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't, I think, I think that should be honestly the goal that Dynamo should be working towards in all honesty. I think that should be the priority getting to that level. But when you're not all there, I want, all I want is 11 quality players, 11 Champions exactly. League quality players. That's I'd, and hopefully most Ukrainians. And 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 that's the thing. So right now we're not at the stage where we could be playing. That I'm saying, no, do, do you know? Let's get back to the Ingolets game. I don't care. I, I don't care what the circumstances are. We're Dynamaki. They're Ingolets. We should be beating them. Yeah. Just even if we're not playing well, we should be beating them. Right. And I don't want to get cocky, that. but it's it's. Listen, it's have just, have some pride, have some balls in the club you're representing, and that's it. Look at, at the, the badge you're wearing. You know, look at the badge you're wearing. This is Ingulet. Do, do, do you know what I just realized? Mm. We're not even top of the league. This now top of the league, I yeah. believe. Yeah, by two points. And we and, and you know we've what? got the next week, haven't they? And, and um, you know what? And good for them. Yeah, good fair enough. Because I predicted them to finish have a, a drop off year. And no, they're they're doing the job. They can, you know, and like I'm looking at this. Team oh, and do you know do you know why they're doing well? Because because legend himself, Evgeny Selin, plays for them now. Oh, oh and they the the Butkiewski Topovitsky partnership up top. Oh Jesus, yeah. But like, listen to this, right? This were the substitutes: Verbich, Shapelyev, Gerson, Sidklay, Kanzora. I have zero problem with Sidklay and Verbich, by the way. But are Gerson and Shapelyev? Really, that much better than Shkurin and Lenya? I'm I, gonna say no. I really hope it's not Luchescu making these decisions on the fly. It's the, it's the coaching and staff. By the, and by it, the way, by the way, did you see the substitutions? Did you see the subs in that game? Seriously, yeah, nothing really before not. nothing before the 60th minute. Virbich Garmash was playing all right, supposedly. Um, I, I don't know what to make of his performance. Vierbic comes on instead of him, and Tupiena is replaced by Rodriguez. Um, I love then that ten, about 10 minutes later, we score, we score, well, they score an own goal, then they equalize. And in the 80th minute, we take off Karavaev, the right back, for Kinjura, another right back. What the hell? What is the point of replacing a right back with a right back when you're drawing 1 1 with a team you should be beating? What the hell? And then you're replacing Shaparenko with Shetty. What the hell is he going to do? When was the last time he scored? When was the last time he assisted? What was and, he going to change? And you know what's so stupid about this? Three of the changes were made in the 80th minute or later. Oh, God, he's, he's my favorite one. In additional time, 19 plus two, Vitaly Mikolenka comes off for seed play. What yeah. the hell? What, what did he get? I, I, well, I'm not going to say I hope he was injured because, of course, I don't want him to be injured, but. There better, there better have been a reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's 90th minute. Just throw on Shkurin for the next two or three minutes. Well, what, why, why do you need to keep another defender on the pitch? I, I, just don't, I just don't understand. I mean, we need Luchesco on the touchline badly, but from my understanding, it's still him making the decisions. It's not listen, Claris. Listen, if, if, it's, if, if these substitutions are Luchescu's decisions. I I have some concerns. I'm sorry. I don't know if it's yeah, too negative, yeah, I, but I have some I, big concerns here because listen, it, I'm not. It's listen. It's not rocket science. We're talking about it's it, listen. It's like they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. I mean, it's 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 logic, isn't it? Does does Kinjora score uh, score a lot? Does he assist a lot? 
Like, no, he doesn't. No, he That's doesn't. The answer. Does Shepilev? No, he doesn't. So why do you put them on instead of strikers or attackers? I, I don't know. This is. Listen, this this is the thing that's frustrating me. Is like, listen, so whatever is going on with the transfer market, fine, I get that. It, it's tough for any manager in the situation. But when we step on that pitch and we get we get going, Surkis doesn't have an effect on the decisions that we make. Surkis isn't phoning the bench, say, "Hey, throw on Chapelia with ten minutes to go for Shaparendra." Yeah. You know, I, I I as much as I think Surkis is to blame for the recent problems, you know, it it's. You gotta hold the coaching staff uh, accountable, and I mean, this is just not good enough. You know, I I think everyone will agree Luchesco's a top level manager who does a great job, but if these are these are his decisions, I'm very concerned. Strange, and you know, you've just got to say. I mean, there's just there's just there's just nothing in that case. No quality, but so much just so much you know inaccuracy. So many inaccurate passes, crosses, shots. Not a single good long shot in that game. Not a single good long shot. What does that tell you about the quality? You know, Karavayev, how many, how many accurate crosses, how many dangerous passes did he make? We bought him for, for, for his, you know, crossing, for his runs. Did we see that a lot? No. Kinjora, break brought on, just lumps the ball up. Zagankov, where was he? Where was he? 25 million. Where, where was he? Where was he, he? Where's the he, guy that you know that's supposed to be making the difference? You know, skill players out, shoot. Where was uh, he? I mean, I mean, listen, I, this team, it, it needs a bit of a backbone. That's like, I think, I, I listen, I'm not saying we're going to be able to transform the whole squad in one window, but I think it needs three or four players in key positions that can kind of lift the rest of the team together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and by the way, we're, we're, we're talking about Gerson, but he, he had a pretty spectacular bicycle kick saved. Um, that was but, pretty cool, uh, not going to lie. Did, I don't know why he posted that on his Insta, but when you draw in Goulet's... Oh, that's but... ridiculous. No, 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 no. You've just like, no, 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 no. The pin that puts on his... Puts on his uh, I'm going to get it to, I'll get it up now so I can get a, so I can get a better um, idea on what to say. Yeah, here's the post now. Not the result we wanted, but good effort. You drew 1-1 against Ingrid. Good effort. Good effort. Is that a good effort to you? Good listen, effort. Listen, if, if even if we would have drawn or lost, but Gerson scored the bicycle kick, I'm like, dude, fair play. Like, that is that is next-level stuff. And he's putting pictures up on it. Well, yeah. Realistically, you didn't score that. You didn't score. And you Just, didn't win the game. It's it's oh, the mentality just uh, it's really just yeah it's it, can you imagine posting that with like Luzhny as like the assistant coach and him seeing that or like imagine him with, with him as the captain imagine I'll tell you what I, I I I don't I don't think he's the best coach in world history but I think you sometimes need a bit oh of no yeah don't don't get me wrong yeah I don't. But you need sometimes a bit of a peak. I mean, I yeah, would, I would... you've just got, you've just got. Listen, speaking of that, you just got Karas on the phone to Luchesko. What a what a goose even Vukovic doing? What were they? I I don't know. Do they just shake the players' hands when they come off and when they were sub? Is that all they do? Sorry. But... Well, listen, listen. I don't know. It's... I love. I love. Listen. Love them as players. Love them as players. But my... this well, is listen, this that... is a, just a bit gone. This is exposed. You know, but listen, that could have nothing to do with them because maybe they're not given anything to do. Mm. 
I listen, we don't, I don't know. This is my problem. Like, is it them making the decision? Is it Luchescu reporting down? I hope it's, you know, the guys who are maybe not experienced enough to be taking these positions, just making incorrect decisions, which is fine if they're not experienced enough. You know, it's it's only a temporary thing for hopefully not too much longer. You know, they're, they're young coaches. They'll hopefully learn from their mistakes. But like I said, this is Luchescu making the decisions. It's, I don't know, man. It's, Strange. It's, at least weird. Yeah. I mean, sorry. We've brought, we, we brought in Shkurin. We brought in uh, Coolidge, the top scorer of last year's UPL, by the way. I don't, I, I openly don't rate him, but he's, no. you know, he can score. He can score and he can score against teams like in Goulet at least. Well, yeah, and then we know. brought in Ramirez. He spent some money on Ramirez. And Superga is technically a squad uh, member of this, of this team. So that's four strikers. Who starts central midfielder, Denis Garmash? And, and, I was okay and we, with him playing when the only alternative was Superaga, who was just useless last year. Right, but now we've got options. We brought in three new players. Why do we bring them in if they can't get a start? If they're not yeah. good enough to start and over Garmash? I, I love high tech, right? But oh, what, don't get me wrong. Of course, of like course. like like he's the type of guy. I'm like, listen, even if he doesn't play, I still want him to be on the squad, right? Because like you said, like, I think you said this once. Like everyone always has great stories and memories of Garmash, like off the pitch as well. But if you're only going to play Garmash, might as well just have kept the Vanat. Well, or play Kirill Popov. Like I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I mean, listen. Bring Bokani back from over uh, in Qatar, I believe it is. And give him uh, Brani Deya back. Uh, we'll get Brani Deya back as well. No, um, uh, sorry, Kucherok, uh, centre forward. Oh, is that your striker on FM? The get no, the goalkeeper. Oh my god, where is is he? Oh, he's at Chorna Moritz. The Chorna Moritz keeper. Well, my striker on FM, but I'll have you know he's a he's a world class Bulgarian who scored a hat trick in in. Shout out to Dinamo too for winning the uh the doubles derby against Mariupol, by the way. Oh, some positive, yeah. yeah. I heard Tintash uh, really was very good in that game. Well, hey, there we go. Uh, by the way, another I'm not, we're not going to get into this too long. Another one is like, would you the way Tigan Kov's playing? I would just rather give Tintash uh, a chance. I played Tintash over Tigan Kov. Yeah. Dude, where, where, where was he? Where was he? Real talk. Anyway, yeah, I feel like I said yeah. that's enough of that. Yeah. I think maybe uh, it's um, maybe someone's uh, just. Put, um, uh, I was going to make a joke about you know some random Dynamo player. Maybe someone. It's uh, maybe it's actually Artem Gromov in the Viktor Tsigankov costume play. I don't know. <laughs> Gladki. Listen, Gladki got that assist against Stal uh, Kamianska, which was well. You say assist, but more like Pankiv spilled it into Garmash's foot. Hey, transfer mark counts it as an assist, so I'm going to count it as an assist. Okay. Go on then. Two no, assists. I do apologize for the, for the Soviet era bed creaking, but not not a lot I can do. I would not expect anything else, uh, anything less. All right, so that's that's enough about our Dynamo rant. Uh, now we're gonna bring in Alex, where we're gonna talk about the Inter game. Could you just give us some insight on Inter because there's the rumors like Lukaku left, uh, Hakimi's left. So did they play a strong side Inter in this game? They actually, that was the strongest side they played in the preseason, uh, believe it or not. And, and I think that they looked very good. 
on the pitch. Uh, the funny thing about that lineup, guys, was uh, Edin Dzeko started at the striker position, the number nine, and he had not even been announced yet by the club. He just came over from Roma. And, of course, you know, nerds like me who are reading internews nonstop 24 hours a day, we knew Edin Dzeko was coming, but there were some, you know, casual fans who were like, wait, Jekko is on Inter now? We didn't even know because the club, uh, they didn't announce officially his arrival until an hour after the game, and he scored a very nice goal in the game. So uh, I think it's going to be very interesting watching Jekko in an Inter shirt. He's certainly capable of great things, as you saw on that goal. He's a little bit older. He's 35, so Inter are not getting him in his prime. Uh, but I think he's going to end up, you know, uh, having a little bit of a renaissance season, I would hope, because I think he's going to have some – Good service around him. I liked how Inter used Stefano Sensi uh, in an advanced midfield role playing behind Dzeko as the striker. Sensi has been an interesting story. He's entering his third season with Inter. Uh, he's one of these players who's just so unlucky with the injury bug. He's hurt more than he's healthy, unfortunately. So uh, if he can find any, any sort of consistency throughout the season, he's capable of doing good things because when he first arrived at Inter in 2019, uh, before he started getting hurt all the time, it's mostly been hamstrings and, and soft tissue muscular injuries. But before he started getting hurt all the time, he had about a two-month stretch where he was one of the best players in Serie A. And then, you know, for about the last two years, he's just not managed to stay healthy for a long time. Uh, but you ask uh, about the club. It's been a really, really tough offseason and a tough transfer mercato for Inter. Uh, despite the fact that they just won the Serie A, they just won the Scudetto, uh, it, it's unfortunately mostly been big sales and turmoil in the club. It started when Antonio Conte, the manager who you know helped win, Inter win the Italian league for the first time in 11 seasons, he had, uh, you know, I, I think some disagreements over the transfer strategy and the budget. So he decided to walk away. I think Inter did a nice job replacing him with Simone Inzaghi, who was managing Lazio. And it's fun because I mentioned my co-host is a Lazio supporter. When Inzaghi left Lazio for Inter, that created some nice banter on our channel. I think he was a pretty good replacement. But then Inter sold Ashraf Hakimi, who, uh, you know, he's only 22 years old and he looks like you know, one of the uh, the best, uh, he's going to be one of the best fullbacks in world football for a long time. They sold him to PSG for 70 million. That was very disappointing. Uh, and then even after that sale, you know, Interisti felt a little bit lied to by the club because for a long time we were hearing from both management and from Romelu Lukaku himself that he was happy at Inter and he was untouchable. And then he ends up getting sold to Chelsea very late in the transfer window. And it's for a very big fee. He went for 115 million euros. But since the club is having financial troubles, the ownership group uh, is very deeply in debt, which doesn't have as much to do with the club itself as it has to do with their own problems uh, outside of the club there. They have a lot of debt. Uh, so even though they made a big transfer fee for Lukaku of 115 million and for Hakimi for 70 million, most of that money is not being reinvested into the transfer market. They did make, I thought, a nice signing to replace Hakimi at right wing back in Denzel Dumfries, the Dutch uh, right, uh, right wing back from PSV, who uh, it may take, and he arrived very late in the window, so it may take him a little while to adapt to Serie A, but I think he's going to end up being a great investment. I like him a lot. Uh, you know, Jacko coming in, and it looks like Inter are also looking to add another 
forward, uh, Marcus Turam um, is being, you know, talked about as a as a potential who could come in. Uh, they're kind of haggling over the transfer fee right now with Monken with uh, Munchen Gladbach. So maybe we're expecting that arrival could happen in the next couple of days. So these are good players they're bringing in, guys. But there still is certainly a sense of disappointment that two of the club's best players were sold this past season, and it's making a lot of people wonder. Is it realistic that Inter could defend their Serie A title? Because they've certainly gotten at least a little bit worse, I think. And losing Conte is big. And I think Juventus is getting better. Uh, they brought back Max Allegri, who won, I think, what, six or seven straight uh, championships there with Juventus. He was excellent. He's come back after a two-year hiatus. And, uh, and Juventus just purchased one of the better young midfielders in Italy in Manuel Locatelli. So he's going to bolster their midfield a bit. So I, I'm, I'm thinking Juventus could end up being the favorites now in Serie A, but Inter could still fight for it, and they could certainly be right in the mix for second place. So it's not as bad as some people are making it out to be, but it has been a very difficult offseason. Yeah, and, and the reason I just wanted to um, get that kind of lowdown on Inter Milan is just because, you know, we were talking before the show, the level of opponents Dinamo have had in uh, recent years in preseason. I mean, listen, uh, Nefci Baku or the Jordanian national team is all fun and games, but you know they're not making the, they're not making the Champions League. So, um, Alex, what were your thoughts on the game overall? Yeah, overall, I really thought Inter had a nice flow. I liked the work that Sensi did. Uh, the goal that Ed and Jacko scored, I thought it was a tremendous run that he made to stay onside. The move that he was able to use to beat the keeper before slamming it home. I, I honestly thought that okay, this is a glimpse of what Jekko can do in an Inter shirt. Him being a little bit older, uh, I don't necessarily think he's going to be an everyday starter. So that's why Inter need to have the depth to be able to spell him a little bit. Uh, and Inter had uh, their best defensive lineup out there. So um, I honestly thought that Inter had been in a very good flow, guys, in this preseason. And Dinamo were actually the toughest test, uh, at least on paper, that Inter have had uh, because they, you know, you, got, you guys were joking about some of the preseason opponents you've seen. Uh, it's been pretty similar for Inter. It's been mostly, you know, second and third tier sides from Italy. They were, they were supposed to have an interesting test last month. The club was scheduled to head over to the States, to Orlando, Florida, not too far from where I live, uh, to play in a friendly tournament against the likes of Everton and Arsenal, but uh, Inter and Arsenal also decided not to travel because of, you know, the risks of the Delta variant and the spiking cases in Florida. So, you know, outside of what would have been a couple of tough opponents there, they've mostly been taking on Serie B and Serie C sides and a, and a Swiss team uh, they open up the season with. So Dinamo were, were probably the toughest test that Inter have faced, and I thought that they I thought that they passed the test with flying colors and it was a really important game for Inter guys because it was sort of the final dress rehearsal before the season started. Um, kind of the frustrating thing about it was, you know, not having Dumfries available yet. I think he was just like in the process of arriving from the Netherlands to Milan. So he wasn't ready to suit up and play yet. I was actually kind of surprised that Jekyll was already 
uh, ready to play. I think maybe the reason why Jekyll started was Inter didn't really have any other forwards available. You know, I mentioned Stefano Sensi playing in an attacking midfield role behind Jekyll. That's not even Inter's normal formation. Uh, we expect to see them mostly running a 3-5-2, and they were running a 3-5-1-1 in this game. And they didn't really have two healthy strikers to put on the pitch at the same time was why Jekyll got the goal, got the uh, the start with a midfielder behind him. But uh, I think that that was kind of an important thing because it showed that Inter are capable of playing in that formation with that sort of a dynamic. But I think that the regret that I would have is that uh, Lautaro Martinez, who is, you know, probably uh, you could argue in one of Inter's best players and one of their most famous players, uh, you know, he wasn't uh, – he wasn't able to go from the start uh, in that game, and he's working out potentially, hopefully, a contract extension with the club. I think you're going to see a lot of him paired uh, with Jekko as a one-two punch in the striking department. So not being able to see them play together just yet was a little bit disappointing because that could end up that could end up being a kind of a disorganized partnership when they first start out because Lautaro and Lukaku. Uh, these guys were, they were like twins. They had this psychic connection where it's like they always knew where the other was going to run and what the other was thinking. So breaking up that partnership is really unfortunate uh, because, you know, without Lukaku there, we'll see how quickly Jekko and, you know, Turam, if he does arrive, will will end up fitting in there. But I actually thought that, I, I thought Inter gave their best shot to Dinamo. I thought that they put out their best lineup that was available to them on that day. And I, I think they approached it as if it was a Serie A game. Like they approached it as if it was a real game that counted, whereas some of the earlier friendlies felt a little bit more like training matches. I think they took this one very seriously. Yeah, so um, it's hard to say um, Dinamo played well when you lose 3-0, but, you know, you're playing a, yeah. a top-level side. But were there any Dinamo players that maybe stood out to you that looked at least somewhat not useless in the game? <laughs> you know, I, I remind me some of the players who had better performances because there were certainly times when I thought Dinamo had spells of good play. Dima, is there, you want to hop on? Is there anyone you remember particularly playing pretty well? Well, we, we lost 3-0. We lost um, but no, I, I, I can tell you he was bad. Ramirez, he was like he was playing on ice skates. He kept, he kept yeah. falling over. And I'm sorry, Coolidge comes out after the game and says, <laughs> the, mos the mosquitoes, the mosquitoes are getting in our way. So what, the mosquitoes weren't getting in into players' way. Oh, so I didn't hear that one. Just, oh, man. The mosquitoes were just attacking our players then. Anti-Dinamo <laughs> mosquitoes. Yeah, seriously. Alex, um, well, it is yeah. mosquito season in Monza where they played the game. So I, I guess maybe that had something to do with it. <laughs> you, know, you know what this reminds me of? In 2006 World Cup, after Ukraine got whacked 4-0 by Spain, everyone was complaining <laughs> about the frogs by the hotel the night before. Oh, my gosh. And there were no frogs for the other team, were there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. but listen, <laughs> the previous game, the previous <laughs> game we played, we played at about 10% against me and I, and we still comfortably beat them. 2-0. In this game, we felt like Minai. You know, this, this is really the difference between Serie A and the UPL. That's the difference, because Inter just destroyed us, really. Um, particularly, what worried me was the set-pieces defending. Um, I thought, you know, just time and time again, Plesman, so, Inter Plesman in so much space. I'm like, well, what's that all about? Um, yeah, it's... I mean, Dima, you the, talk about the difference between Serie A and uh, UPL, but I don't know, does Serie A have any village clubs? I don't think so. Um, yeah, 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 they 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 do. So, oh, sometimes, they do? Okay. 
Yeah, so sometimes there can be some pretty... No villages like ours. No villages. <laughs> maybe not, maybe not. But no, there, there could be some pretty sketchy teams in the lower half for sure. And, and some really right. bad pitches as well. I, th I think that's oh. one of the things... Oh, you haven't <laughs> seen bad pitches. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's funny you say... I'm sure there are levels to that. I'm sure there are levels to that. But, it, but it's funny because like when, when people try and compare... Serie A to the likes of La Liga and of course EPL is at another level but it's like with EPL you know teams that are in the championship and probably even the third tier like have you know their own stadiums and they have pristine pitches the vast majority of Serie A sides play in city stadiums publicly owned which you know includes Inter and, and Milan who share the, the San Siro, uh, you know, there, there are a couple of smaller sides that have their own grounds, like Sassuolo has their own stadium. And of course, Juventus is the big side that does, but the clubs from Milano, the clubs from Rome, uh, Napoli, you know, so, some of the bigger sides, uh, you know, are playing in, in public grounds. And then some of the smaller clubs, forget it, you're going to be playing on potato fields at times. Yeah, we definitely, we definitely know what it, uh, it looks like to play on potato fields. Um, right <laughs> Well, yeah, listen, um, some of the grounds that we have in Ukraine would be probably better to play on your garden than in those. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so going back to you, Alex, um, what, how, how do I phrase this? Now, obviously, Inter in the Champions League, and I'm assuming uh, they're going to look to do a little bit better than last year's Champions League run. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I know it's maybe your first time watching Dynamo ever or in a while, but is there anything you could see possibly? I'm not saying Dynamo are going to go win the Champions League, yeah. but they could at least be some level of a threat. Mind you, they're going to probably be a pop four team. Yeah, I, I mean, listen. Um, he was already shaking his head, saying absolutely. That's I, 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 it's funny. Um, I, I, I think one of the things is it, it's it's got to be a tough road environment for teams to go into. So you've got to hope you could steal, you know, some shock victories and some shock shock draws on the home ground. I, I don't think it's a picnic to go in there and play. And then you got to hope that you're not always getting the the opposing team's best possible punch. And yeah. sometimes, like in the group stages, man, I've seen this where – a lot of times some of the bigger sides just don't have their you-know-what together early on. Like I remember, yeah. you know, Real Madrid in the group stage last year, and they did qualify. They were in a group with Inter, but they, they looked to be in complete disarray, both domestically in La Liga and in Champions League for the first couple of months, and they were collecting some shocking results. And, you know, Juve Juventus was in, uh, was in disarray early on, and, and Barcelona had problems as well. And this is But they still both beat us. Well, of course. <laughs> we're the team that everyone recovers against. <laughs> Is that the, the slump buster? You know what? In Champions yeah. League, it often feels the same way with Inter. And, and, you know, Alex mentioned wanting to do better this season. I mean, it, it, Inter ended up somehow coming in fourth place in that group and not even, not even getting the Europa League bounce. They got, they got bounced into no man's How land. did you guys not beat Shakhtar? How? How did that yeah, happen? That, that, that was, it was well, one of those. It is games. what it is. Yeah, it was one of those games. And they had two nil-nil draws against Shakhtar in, in the two legs. And the second one, especially, uh, Inter were throwing everything at them but the kitchen sink, like the opportunities, the, the shots on target, the possession was just they, – they couldn't get it by – they couldn't get it by Shakhtar's keeper and Shakhtar's defense. And if, if you go two games and you can't score one goal against Shakhtar, you don't deserve to qualify. Yeah. Is, is that the game where Lukaku blocked Alexis Sanchez's header? 
Uh, that was actually the final of the Europa League last year. Oh. Was what the, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, which is which became a meme because. <laughs> oh yeah, that's why I'm asking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that 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 was it. That was in the final of uh, of Europa League against Sevilla in uh, in 2020, where it was yeah. uh, you know, they were so close, and then Lukaku was playing defense. For the other team. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but hey, I guess a dual threat in both boxes. I guess you could say. Exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I guess final question um, before we wrap up here: um, Do you think that uh, both sides? Actually, not both sides. How can I phrase this? Do you think Inter is a side that um, Scudetto's a uh, – I was going to say Dinamo, but definitely uh, not Dinamo. Uh, Inter, do you think um, – not saying winning the Champions League again because I don't know the club as well as you, but do you think a Scudetto slash Champions League run is in the cards this season? Yeah, I think what, um, what, what they're going to really look for in Champions League this season is I don't think they have any realistic aspirations of winning it. But at the bare minimum, round of 16, that's something that the past three seasons in a row, they've been in Champions League after they had about a six-year drought. Uh, they've been in the last three seasons, and they haven't advanced past the group stage. The first two of those, third place in the group, Europa League last season, fourth place. Uh, so I, I think round of 16 has to be bare minimum. I wouldn't really expect them to go farther than the quarterfinal. Uh, I just think the competition in Europe is too steep, and if, you know, if if on paper means anything, PSG should be able to walk Champions League. We'll see yeah. if they can actually do it or not because they have the strongest side in Europe and Chelsea are going to be very formidable again after winning it last year. Uh, as far as domestically, um, I think it's going to be very tough to repeat as champions in Italy. And honestly, advancing in Champions League, if they can do that, could work against them a little bit because I think Inter were, ironically, they were helped by not having any European football for the second half of the season. They could focus more on the city, uh, which may have aided their quest a little bit. Um, so I, I look at, uh, I think they can be in the mix, especially if they can complete the move for Turam, they're going to have a really strong kind of striking trio at the top. Uh, the midfield is still strong. The defense, the spine is good. So I think they can compete and maybe come in second place or possibly first place in the league and round of 16 in Champions League. Uh, that's what I would look at as uh, semi-realistic goals for this year. Uh, Dima, I would ask you what's the Dinamo goals, but I already know we're going to do the quadruple, so it's okay. So we, I'm not even going to. There you go. That's beautiful. Yeah. 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 yeah I wish we're going to win the quadruple of Champions League, yeah, and then my alarm clock will wake me up. <laughs> um, uh, so on that note, uh, that's going to bring us to the end of our show. Um, Alex, again, thank you so much for coming on. And if uh, someone would want to like find your show or stuff like that, how could they do that? Uh, I think the best place is to follow me on Twitter and you can see I, I post a lot of my material and live links there. So just follow me at Alex Dono, Dono spelled D-O-N-N-O. -N -N -O. Just follow me on Twitter and it'll be impossible to avoid everything that I do. And I thank you guys so much for having me. I had a great time. Yeah. And uh, Dima, if someone wants to get into contact with you, how can they do that? Yeah. Um, find me at 1927 Dima. Uh, find me on OOC underscore Dynamo Kiev for some uh, out of context Dynamo Kiev posts. Um, but yeah, uh, it was great having you on, Alex. I um, really enjoyed it. Uh, good luck so to Inter, of course, uh, in this season. Thank you. Good luck to Dynamo, Dynamo as well. I'd love to see you guys do well. Thank you. And um, if you want to contact uh, me, your host, you can find me on Twitter at Lishik7. That's L-O-I-S-Z-Y-K, then the number seven. If you want to follow the show, you can follow us at Dynamo Abroad 
or if you want to send us an email, you can do that to the Anomaly Abroad Podcast at gmail.com. One last time, Alex, thank you so much for coming on. We truly appreciate it. Again, good luck to enter this season. Uh, at least Dima and I hope they do well. Our, uh, our other co-hosts may not be so wishful <laughs> thinking of them. Uh, but again, thank you so much. And uh, from everyone here at the Denamo Abroad Podcast, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Dima, Dima, Dima.